people are always kind of shocked when they hear about what I'm doing now from when they knew me at like school. If you're good at something, you should be able to appreciate mm. that. You get a lot of people who go, oh, I wish I could go back and change things. I don't. Right. Like, I accept what happened because it shaped everything that's happened to now. People who know me know that I will go above and beyond for, for my friends. I think if you've got a good positive circle around you, then you're in a good positive environment. I like telling stories, be it if I'm acting or if I'm writing something. I find humanity overall very interesting. Hello and welcome to the men's room. Another different person introducing the show today. Yeah, uh, and who are we interviewing today, Zach? Who could it possibly be? Oh, I wonder. The three hour special. Yeah, yeah. buckle up, ladies and gents. Yeah, it could be a it's long this one. <laughs> yeah, it's me, it's Adam. Hello. Okay, so today we are interviewing Adam Brown, one third of the men's room. Yeah, one How third. are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm yeah. feeling pretty good. You're looking forward to this? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm curious as to what you're going to ask me. Good, mate, good. Well, let's just get straight on with it. Where did you grow up? Where did I grow up, buddy? I, obviously, we all sort of grew up in a similar area. We're all from we Essex, did. originally. Yeah. But I grew up in a little town called Housted, which is near Colchester. Uh, it's sort of between Colchester and, like, Braintree and Sudbury. It's kind of, like, on the edge of all of them. And it's a dump. I don't really like Housted <laughs> very much. Um, it's kind of empty and a bit vapid and there's not really much going on and it begins to wear thin quite quickly like it's just boring yeah it's it's a weird one like it is just kind of dull but it is that thing of it's that weird thing of where you see people becoming the next generation mm. and it's it's just bizarre like I don't know how to describe it best but it's kind of you know, you see people who are like, oh, all my brothers are builders, and then they mm, become a builder, yeah. and you're yeah, like, oh, yeah. shocker. It's that, a lot like that, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's that little small town mentality mm. thing, but I could I could never quite click with. It just wasn't for me. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your school life, primary school, secondary oh, school. Oh, primary school, secondary school. Okay. Um, people are always kind of shocked when they hear about what I'm doing now, from when they knew me at, like, school, because my nan, she used to know all the teachers. Right. She used to sort of take me and drop me off. My parents both worked full-time. Yeah. So I was never really around them as a kid. Like, a lot of the school stuff, they'd be there for, like, parents' evenings and stuff like that, but they wouldn't take me in every day, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but my nan said the other day that she told him, oh, yeah, Adam's doing, like, acting and stuff now, and he's gone off to London. And all the teachers are like, really? He was so shy. Like, I was very sort of quiet mm. and sort of kept, kept to myself, which I sort of, I'm still a bit like now. Right. When I was at school. How so, did it all like come out in terms of acting and... With acting, that all movie. came out through, again, through school. Because I wasn't... Where a lot of the sort of confident people at school, mm. they were all sporty. Because it was either you played football or you didn't have any mates. Mm. And so mm. I was in the in the sort of latter category. <clears throat> um, so like I didn't really... I didn't really do the sport thing, but I was good at doing silly voices and... Shit like that. So if we had to read or whatever in class, I'd be the one doing silly voices and doing all sorts of silly shit like that. But with acting, we did like the year six production. A lot of schools do that thing at the end of the year where mm. the year six before they leave, they do this big show. And we did that. And I had a, a sort of supporting part in it. But a lot of people were like, wow, you're really good in that. <clears throat> um, and I remember feeling like, because a lot of people who do that, obviously they're not really actors. They no, just sort yeah. of get thrown into it. Mm. And a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And I was like, this should be fine. And everyone's like, how are you so chill? And I'm like, oh, I just am. And I went up there, did it, and it went quite well. And then after that, basically my parents were like, you should probably follow that up. You were really good in that. And it So it came from one specific from thing? There. Yeah, it's, mad, it's, well, it? that was like the main thing. That and you did a show for your year six thing? Yeah, we did. We like, just don't take that. Yeah, we, we, we did, did like, we did a show. We did Anthony and Cleopatra. Wow. I, I sung. You did you did Anthony and Cleopatra? Yeah. I sung. Wow. I was Ina Barber. <laughs> you can take that. <laughs> in front of the parents. Incredible. Yeah. Greatest day. See ours is I can't remember what the show was, but I know I played a head teacher in it and the whole scene was about kids getting caned and I had to like a guitar to like Eye of the Tiger. It was really weird, but incredible. It was bizarre. Yeah. Um I actually found the script to it a few years ago and I was like, ah, funny. It's like nostalgia. You talk a lot about your time from home, uh, and in particular, your friend Dan. Yes. How did you two meet? 
Um, how did we meet? Uh, that was we met at secondary school, so we aren't like we don't go all the way back, mm. but we we sort of we were in the same group. You know, there was that group I described a few weeks ago, like yeah. the little the Minecraft douchey clan. Minecraft yeah. gang, like gang. Um, he was sort of in that, and he was interested in all the same sort of stuff. So he was into films in a big way and into stuff like that. Um, I think we might have been in the same tutor group. I'm not 100% sure, but we might have been. Or at least I think we were later on, like in year nine or something. But we became friends through that. And the big thing was me and him were in the same drama class at one point. But Dan was really shy about it. And I was like the more out there performer. Mm -hmm. So eventually I was more me encouraging him, like, come on, you, you can do it. Like, because we were the same group of mates. I was that like, must have helped him, though. Yeah, like, I, it, it definitely did. You, you, you were like that with me, right? You? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You'd go, come on, just do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's sort of how I was with Dan. I was like, you can, I know you're good at this, just, just mm, get up and fucking, yeah. like, yeah. do it. And basically, the way that we became really good friends is, I've sort of spoken about it on the podcast. Yeah, because he listens. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a listener. The, yeah. So, shout, shout out, Dan. Yeah, exactly. He's a good, he's a good boy. Dan. But what it was is um, where the whole Minecraft thing happened. Yeah. Where basically, I, I got into a bit of trouble, unfairly, for a bunch of shit that happened at secondary school. And he you was, can listen to that in episode four of The Men's Room, I think. Yeah, and I think we spoke about it a little while ago, <laughs> yeah, a few yeah. episodes back. But, um, they're the archives. Yeah, they're in the archive. But I think there is other episodes where we've sort of gone into it. But what happened was, essentially, he, um, he was the only person who was like, he fucking didn't shut up and our friendship sort of blossomed just from going to the cinema a lot and yeah. sort of me and him just sort of stuck together because we were both sort of I think we both had the same mentality of we didn't like the whole small town thing of everyone knows everyone and yeah that same rigorous shit every day of the same people and I think that annoyed him and that annoyed me and me and him both sort of clicked okay. over that and our sort of greater ambition to leave the area yeah, and that's something we're finally working on now. But it was something that we spoke about a lot. There was like some really specific moments. I remember there was um, we went to see Godzilla, and Dan's group of mates who were sort of formerly my mates were all like, <coughs> uh, "You went with Adam," uh, and he was like, "Yeah, because you're wow. all fucking idiots." And yeah, he's the yeah. only one who appreciates what the film's about. So right. like, get fucked. And after that, after the point he stopped caring about, what they thought I was like, "There we go," and mm. we've sort of been mates ever since and it's you know to this day I was talking to him earlier so yeah love that yeah something that you might agree or disagree with this but something that I find about you is that you are quite sentimental and you are a bit of a storyteller um no I agree with that example is you talk a lot about being back home and things that happened Mm. but then I think that also you do preface it with oh it was all shit yeah or you don't like home but I, I think that there is an element of nostalgia with that. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. there is there is definitely a, a strange sense of nostalgia because even though I've always had this mindset, and you get a lot of people who go, "Oh, I wish I could go back and change things," I don't. Right. Like I accept what happened because it shaped everything that's happened to now. So okay. if there's been like, you know, people like they would date someone, they go, "Oh, wish I hadn't dated them," and I go. I'd say no. I'm I'm glad I dated this person, even if they were fucking horrible. Because yeah. from that, I learned more about myself, or I learned more about people. So you take from your experience, and with I think it's important to experience stuff because there are so many people who don't really know what's going on half the time. Mm, I feel right. like or they don't understand themselves yet, and it's because they haven't really been in enough situations. Okay. And no, yeah. There's a dishonesty with some people, but that's okay. something I don't like. So it is almost you're a literal storyteller in that you've come, you're at peace with these experiences, and they yeah. are sort of recollections. They're almost they are anecdotes, mm. and you're sort of at peace with them. So that's why you do. Yeah, talk about them. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think it's been so formative. A lot of the stuff I've been, so I say what I've been through. I sound like I've been like I've got fucking PTSD or something. No, no, it's, but, it's yeah. like. Your formative years. Yeah, like, yeah. They, they were... It's how to build you, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly, and yeah. Not all of the experiences were negative, and, like, now I can look back at some bit and go, well, that was just silly. Mm. Like, it's not like I was brutally bullied and beaten up or anything. It was stupid, mm. kiddie shit, which at the time felt important, but yeah. isn't now. Like, yeah. the, the times you learn the most is, like, thinking back and going, 
what the fuck was I doing back then? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. oh, definitely. And you're like, oh, I'm thank, thank God I'm so different now. Yeah. Thank God I'm doing things differently now. It's. I think it's important to be retrospective and honest with yourself. And yeah. actually go, oh, no wonder no one liked me when I was 17. I was a complete bellend. Like, <laughs> right. having that self-awareness to sort of... That mm. confidence almost to yeah, be... You, yeah. Because there's a lot of people who always think, I've always been great, I've always been fine, and I'm absolutely perfect. And it's like, no, you're not. You have to be honest with yourself first, and then you can get there. Like, mm. you have to learn from yourself more than anyone else. What was the first film you watched? The first film I watched? Um... Um, I think the first film I watched in cinema might have been the SpongeBob SquarePants what movie. What a movie! Incredible. It was either that or Star Wars Episode Three. It was one of the two. Okay. SpongeBob. What Spongebob. film? It might well have been SpongeBob. I remember seeing them in the cinema. But the first film I really sort of remember from like my early childhood was a film called Dinosaur, and right. it is about some dinosaurs. It was a it was a Disney film, and it's not particularly. Well acknowledged. I feel like I, I know think it. I've seen it. Yeah. I think got the DVD. You've, you've probably <clears throat> seen it. Um, yeah. It was sort of in that like, couple of years after Jurassic Park, where everyone yeah. was obsessed yes. with dinosaurs. And I remember I used to have it on uh, VHS. Mm. I had it on a purple videotape, and I used to watch it all the time as a kid. And yeah, yeah I think that was sort of the, that's the first film I can actively and quite vividly remember from when I was a kid. That was the sort of, and I think it led to me being into some of the stuff I'm into now where I'm yeah. quite into paleontology. I think mean, okay. that came from that. Okay. In last week's episode, we talked a little bit about role models and obviously we know your relationship with with the concept of role yeah. models. But you want to act, yeah. you want to direct, you mm. want to write, and you do to an extent. Yeah. What, if... If we took the word role model out of the equation, yeah. what would you say, looking at films, the people that you've seen... Yeah. And you thought, yeah, I'd quite like that. Or, yeah, yeah I'd oh, quite right. like to do so what sort they're of, doing. I think there were certain films that sort of made me go, ah, oh, that's what I want to do. Yeah. So, um, that's, so I suppose that's the question. Is it, it, it's not so much, is it, is it people or is it the concept of films and being in films? I, I think it is um, people. So it's always been people because okay. films are, you know, films are great, but there's so much more just to, to acting as a medium. And I mean... I've always been interested in understanding myself and other people. That's been my thing. That's right. what I'm. That's what I find interesting about films. It's not wow, look at the explosions. I don't care. I want to know who caused the explosion and why they did what they did. Like okay. I'm interested in people, right? And their motivation. That's the core of every story. Okay. And it's the actors who are so believable. That's the sort of people who sort of drew me into it. So, I would say some of the ones that sort of really... I'd say Heat was one of the films that sort of really sort of grabbed me. It was, that's, Robert, that's Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Yeah. Almost said Robert Pacino. That like, would be incredible. Uh, it's a power Robert De Niro movie. and Al Pacino are in it. Um, <laughs> Al Pacino's a cop, Robert De Niro's a robber. And um, it's an amazing film. And it's one of the few films that nearly made me cry when I watched it. I was like... You never cried at a film? Well, like, I haven't cried at many. I'm not like, oh, what's Marley and me? And it was sad because the dog died. I'm not, I'm not that guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. You cried at Marley. I've not seen it. I don't want uh, to. A dog, a dog dies. I, it's a bit sad. I cried it? at um, Where the Wild Things Are. Because oh, I, was, really? I was young when I watched that. And it was it's a bit like... It gets into your head, into your psyche yeah. a little bit. Because, yeah. It's, yeah, it's... I know, it's quite... It's an emotional Marley one. and me is fucking sad. Yeah. Heat, though, is, is like... It's an action film, but it, you get... What, Marley and me? No, no, I said, I said Heat is an action <laughs> film. why it dies. With, um... <laughs> but with Heat, you get to know both these characters and the things you like both of them, but one of them does die at the end and it's just like... It fucking kills you. Yeah. That was one that sort of really got me into it. But I would say, as a role model, as an actor, I would say Tom Hiddleston is probably the sort of... All right, okay, that's it. I wasn't expecting People that. normally expect me to go, oh, Tom Hardy. And yeah. I, I, I'm a, <laughs> I am a... Exactly. Yeah. Everyone expects me to go, oh, Tom Hardy. He's met Hardy. Him, yeah, no, I've, Zach. I've met, Ad- Tom, Adam's I've met, met Tom Hardy. Adam's met oh, Tom Hardy. Yeah, yeah. Never mention it, but, no, yeah. like, he's a good actor, but <laughs> I would say Hiddleston... Why? Why? What aspects um, of him? I, I think partially it's, it's how he is outside of sort of just when he's performing, not just when he's performing, but when he's talking about how he performs and how he gets into character. Okay. I resonate so much with what he says. Right. And the way he talks about, like, drama and performance as a medium, I'm like, that's that's my wavelength. That's exactly what I feel. 
Interesting. And it sort of it resonates in a way, whereas Tom Hardy doesn't really talk about it, and he seems to treat it more as just it's his day job. Yeah. Like it, it's sort of more just like a job to him, but for you, it's a passion. Yeah. There's like there's a there's a wonder to it that I think. Okay. Hiddleston captures the way he talks about it. He's very eloquent about how he talks about performing, and I think that's always been the thing that's sort of immersed me. Okay. In how he does it, it's not just how he acts because he's a very good actor, but it's the way. He, goes about things outside of it. Yeah, it's the external mm. um, and the, the pre-planning and things like that. I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of actors probably would like to be asked this question, but if you had a choice between being liked or respected, what would you choose? Respected. Respected? Respected. Why? Definitely. Go on. Because you see it a lot, a lot of people, oh yeah, no, I really like this guy, and you go, yeah, but is he actually good at what he does? Oh, but I like him. Mm. You, you're avoiding the question. Do you, is he good? Uh, he's all right. I would rather people go, fucking hell, he's so good. Do you like him? I respect him. Like, mm. okay. he's, I get he's that. a bit like, I, I appreciate honesty. And there is a lot of dishonesty around. And I think especially in performing circles, there is a lot of, you know, there's, there's a bit of a weak link who everyone, oh, we all like him, so we keep him along. Mm. And it's like, is he any good? Is um, there a lot of that in like, acting? Well, it's a cutthroat business. Yeah, I, I like think... The 1% make it. Yeah, so to get to the highest level, it's not easy. No. Um, but I think there is a lot of people who just sort of... They sort of string their mates along. And yeah. they're maybe not as not as good as as good as good they are. Yeah, and they just sort because of, they're liked. They, they keep them together. There's, there's um, an overly sort of cuddly nature I think to some performers I mean it's, it's honestly it's so good to sort of communicate and work with people but at the end of the day like there is a lot of I would rather someone just be honest yeah and be like look you're a bit shit you need to work on it because there's a lot of people mm. who are dishonest and they, they like their own little crew but because they're not honest they don't get any better and that's the problem okay so you can't learn without I think it's more important to be respected because you can actually go look I respect you, you're good at this, but you could be better at it, rather than going, oh, you're amazing, you're the best you'll ever be, which is never mm. the case, you can always be yeah. better. Yeah. And I would rather be just respected. Do you not Do you not think being liked is kind of, a, or, or being likable is kind of something that is good? Oh, you know. It's, it's like very good in terms it's, of, it's if, you're, if you're, not, if, if you're mm. not liked in mm. the acting world... Are you going to get important. jobs? Like, it is important to be It's liked an important thing to have when yeah. you're being likeable. Yeah, that's really it's, in, it's important. Um, it all depends on sort of context and circumstances, yeah. but it is, it's important to be sort of likeable and sort of... Um, to, I think with acting, it's a tricky one because obviously you want people to believe your character, but if they know you too well, they go, oh, you wouldn't do that like yeah. you start playing the same character yeah, or, or, or it's, it's that disconnect or it's Adam playing yeah this, like people know people know that. you too well it's and not the character yeah, it's Adam that's the playing thing. this exactly I think that with that especially in the industry that you want to go into something that really sticks out is that the, the likeable characters or well not characters but the, the likeable actors directors they're known for them but the respected ones are the ones that are held up in like like mm. you take Quentin Tarantino, people love him, people hate him. Fuck me, everyone knows that he's an incredible director. Mm. But then if you look at likable people, you know you, you with the respect you are held up to yeah, this the, absolute god level. The, the example I would say would be someone like Daniel Day Lewis. He's yeah, very okay. private. He keeps himself to himself, but he is one of the best actors yeah just ever period yeah like he's he, held in a high regard he is he completely absorbs himself in his work and yeah you but you never really hear about him and i would rather be like that not so much now because it is important to sort of make your way through and a good way of doing that is by being friendly i think being liked and respected goes hand in hand mm. but if i had to choose one that i'd rather be i'd rather people respect me because i feel like if you're respected, people are going to like you. Yeah, I think, like it goes. Yeah. It goes hand in hand. I think when we talk about you know being liked but not being good as such, it's yeah. more in like comedy actors, isn't it? Because in terms of serious actors, you obviously have to be very good. Yeah. yeah. Well, but I in, think like, in terms of comedy yeah. actors, it, it, you, you really you'd don't. be surprised. It could, it could, 
it can dry up really quickly because yeah. if you're liked for a period of time, like it's like, oh yeah, 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 get him in, get him in, and then it's like, all right, we've had yeah. enough of you. No, it's a lot. You get trends. You get trends, trends exactly. Sort of. Trends in actors. Yeah, you really yeah. do. And they'll um, just fucking plump you in yeah. one uh, every comedy movie that year. Yeah. Well, if you look, or at, they'll get you'll get like yeah. a performer who's got like five years where they're just mm. like everyone loves this actor, and then they sort of disappear. I think Cara Delevingne's a really good example of that because she there was a period of time where she was fucking everywhere. She was in like every because everyone thought she was gorgeous. Everyone really liked her. She was outspoken. And she was really cool, really British girl. Well. And then I don't really know what she's been in. Forgive me if she has been in anything. She's not been recently, in much recently. But or not, the fact that major. the fact that I don't know now when I did then it yeah. says what I'm trying to make. You, the point you do of. get that. I think sadly it is more of a thing with sort of with women in the industry. Yeah, where yeah. it's like they're at their and it's it's disgusting. It's when they're at their like their peak Prime. beautiful appearance. Yeah, so and TV then after that, same. We just yeah, it, it's awful, and that's not us saying it. It's just an, a, whereas, it's an accurate with, observation with male the, actors. You don't, you can get as sort of old and ugly as you want. They'll still keep casting you and stuff. Yeah, a quality that I've always recognised and sort of appreciated in you is that anything you do, whenever we just talk off off the podcast or anything mm. that you do, there, there's always an end game. I compared it in my notes to like you're like a chess player. There's always you always think three, four, five, six steps ahead. Yeah. Where would you say that that mentality came from? Ooh. If you agree with no, it, no, I definitely, I massively agree with it. Because um, anything, anytime we have a conversation, you say, "Oh, I'm going to do this," and that might lead to this, which would be great because then I can do this. And yeah. There's always a. I'm always a, planning a ahead. Um, that no, that's, that's massively true. I I thought. I would probably say where that planning comes from. And again, it's going back to childhood. And um, my childhood was quite all over the place. Okay. Not, I didn't like move around very much, but there was never like a hard set plan. Shit was always changing on the fly. And I got used to having to just sort of go with the wind, essentially. Like, oh, right, I'm going here today. No, I'm going there. Oh, okay, whatever. I was constantly sort of moving from spot to spot. So my brain is like, I don't, I don't really like that. I'd rather have a rigid. I'm doing this, this, and this, and I'm working towards a goal, and it, it helps me to keep motivated if I know that I'm working towards something. Okay. And that's the thing. I sort of go, okay, I'm doing this now, but this will teach me this, and I can go into that. Like, mm. that really helps me because it gives me sort of, it gives me something to work around as well. So I'm always working towards a specific plan, be it something that's gonna happen in. A year, year's time, or it's gonna happen in six months or whatever. I'm always trying to work towards something, um, because I've seen a lot of people who have just sort of winged it and then have got lost on the way. Okay. And it's like I'd rather have a set path where I know what I'm doing. Right. Okay. Yeah. You spoke a little bit um, about your childhood there, mm-hmm. and that your your motive has come from the sort of lack of structure. Yeah. For want of a better word, do you want to dive yeah, into no, that? Yeah. Um, when I was little, both my parents worked full-time. They, they still do. Um, and it meant that sort of I would see them for a bit each day, but not properly. So I would see my dad for a bit more, but my mum worked further away. Where did they, where did they, what did they do? Um, my mum was like an MVQ assessor. So right. it's kind of like... Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's, sort of, it's sort of like educational stuff. It's sort of outside of the uni or... It's external, isn't it? B-techs or it's sort of between them. Right. Um, it's sort of just a qualification you get. It's not a, as big a thing now as it used to be. Um, but my mum is, ne- is an assessor for that, so she used to do, like, exam markings and stuff like that. Okay. Um, my dad works for a label printing company, okay. which sounds kind of weird. He's not, like, in the warehouse. He sort of does the, the overall sort of business side of it in terms of, like, managing supply and money and right he's, like a, he's like a head buyer kind of thing okay of this particular sentence. one yeah um and they were always sort of doing other stuff so i meant a lot of my childhood i spent with my grandparents because they all lived in the same town so i would go to theirs during the day or i'd go to theirs they'd take me to school they'd put me up from school down my dinner there i'd go back see my dad and i'd see my mum when i went to bed for like maybe five minutes and okay. that's about it so I, was, wow. I wasn't i didn't see my parents a huge amount i saw my dad more but I didn't really see my mum okay. that much. Um, so I was sort of, I wouldn't say I was raised more by my grandparents, but I spent more time with them when I was little. Okay. Um, and that was just kind of the norm for me. And then my mum and dad divorced when I was eight or nine. One of the two. I think I was nine when it happened. How did that make you feel? 
relieved, honestly. It sounds because you get a lot of people who go, oh, well, my mum and dad split up and it was the end of the world. For me, I was like, because I wasn't, uh, when by that point, all I'd ever seen them really do when they were together was argue. By that, okay. by that point where I could clearly remember them together, they were arguing. So I was okay. like, probably for the best. They won't okay. argue as much. And I stayed with my dad. My mum moved up the road and then she moved to various different places. Mm. But um, it meant I got to see both my parents more, which okay. is the weirdest thing. They're apart, but yeah. I get to see them more. Yeah, yeah. And I get to see them more on a one-to-one basis, which... And there's not that conflict that you Yeah, there was, there was never like, a, you're my, you're my favourite. There was none of... There was the occasional points that happened was just you being a teenager, but there was always this sort of quite loose structure of what was going on so one weekend I'm at my dad's and then the next not my mum's then it was like uh, every other weekend and, uh, and it, it just got more and more sort of up in the air and I was like, was that the hardest thing do you think because you said you were relieved but that must have yeah, still, like, still been hard it yeah. wasn't like upsetting it was because I was used to just sort of going from point A to point B constantly all from my childhood anyway mm. so I'd be going on from my nan's to my, to my parents to back here and back there every day doing this and that I was used to that sort of being being juggled between people. Right. But now that I can do my own shit, I don't really like it. Okay. Because I've got where I am now. I I I'm not being juggled from person to person. Yeah. I'm doing my own shit. Right. And it feels so much better because it's not like okay, now you're going here, now you're going there. And I I didn't have a problem with it because that was just what I was used to. I was used to it before they split and after they split. It was just normal. Right. But I think that sort of. That was a big sort of thing into shaping why I like having a sort of through line and a bit of a structure to it. Yes. Yeah. Now I've got that, I'm like, okay, I know what I'm doing. And living without that is like trying to climb a mountain without a sort of safety cord. Yeah. You're a bit like, well, what am I doing? Like, yeah. if, like what's, where's my through line with mm-hmm. this? And, and with that, there wasn't, but now there is. Okay, change of pace here. You're on a desert island and okay. you can take a book, an album... And one object with you. What do you take? Mind this that. is to get into the, the mind the of mind Adam of Brown. Oh, Jesus. Album's a tricky one. Um, the Foles? The Foles. No, actually, no. Um, <laughs> I love how we both said that. Like, I got very excited. The dinosaur soundtrack? Yeah. The dinosaur Prehistoric show. park? Uh, not prehistoric park. It's very silly. It's a very silly <laughs> I like that. It's very it's silly. fucking dinosaur connoisseur. <laughs> I am the dinosaur connoisseur. I was a connoisseur, if you will. Connoisseur. The Um... Uh, what album? I that. would probably say Like Clockwork by Queens of the Stone Age. Okay. Which is an amazing album that came out 2012. Right. Um, 2013, something like that. It was it's such a good album. It really gets you in the head of the lead singer who had just come from like a near-death experience. Right. Like he nearly died in surgery. Oh yeah, okay. He was really ill for months afterwards. Like he couldn't really do anything. He was mega depressed. And he just sort of wrote this album about how he felt and how it had been like nearly dying and stuff. And it, it sounds kind of gloomy, but it's an amazing rock album. And that's the album I take with me. Okay. Um, book. Book. And an object. Oh, God. But I don't know what book I bring with me. That's really tough. Because it's been so long since I've actually mm, read a book. Yeah. See, I, I, I <laughs> like reading, but I just haven't read a book in fucking ages. Um, maybe, maybe a script, maybe, of a film? To change it to that? No, I wouldn't even do that. No, I don't know what book I bring with me. I, I seriously don't know. Okay, what object would you take with you? This is such a fucking annoying <laughs> question. Um, I don't know, maybe a pen and paper. Like, just as. Uh, that's, that's two. Fuck's sake. That's two. Etch a sketch. It's got a pen Etch-a-sketch. on it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Um, a fridge full of food. That's multiple. You're not oh, doing well. Fridge full of food. Fuck me. Um, I thought it was going to be articulate. He's a writer. This. Yeah. Well, I am, but I'm a bit fucked with one object. Um, just get a butt plug. Um, <laughs> just have a good, have yeah. a good old yeah, fridge. Well, yeah. A Minecraft crafting table. <laughs> so that way I can build all sorts of things. Perfect. Okay. Um, I like that's that. Such a, that's such an annoying question. Oh, it's a good great question. question. Thank, Thank you. Mate. It's Thank a good question, but it's just such a difficult one to answer. Yeah. yeah. Now something down your alley a bit more. It's a uh, bit easier. Yeah. If your life was a film, oh god, would you, who would play you? Who would it's play kind, me? Kind of a two part. Oh. And what what would be the happy ending? What would be the ha- oh, that's a that's a good question. Fucking hell. Um, fair play. Um, who would I get to play me? 
I, that's weird. I was talking about this a little while ago with some people. I was saying, like, who would you cast as people in your life? Yeah. Like, what actors would you get to play your dad or your mum or whoever like that? So, who, who would play you and then who would play us? That's <laughs> oh, a good one. Christ. If um, you were directing your film yeah. and you could choose the director, you could choose the actor that plays you and you get to write, because obviously you're not at the end at, no, of your no, life no. at the moment. Um, so, if you could write the ending. Who would I cast as you? Yeah. Any Chinese actor. <laughs> Who um who's the one in the hangover? I don't Chow. know his name. <laughs> oh god. Um Bradley Cooper for me, I think. That's I was gonna say you and McGregor. You and McGregor. You. Yeah. You've got a bit of an Obi Wan thing going on. Right. You look about forty, so Yeah, alright. I'll tell you um, look a bit like a space droid. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a Jedi. Yeah. Um Fucking Jar Jar sat next to me. This <laughs> <laughs> cartoon from Star Wars. Yeah. Um, oh, it's a tough one for me. I mean, it, like I was saying about Tom Hiddleston. Mm. Like, obviously, I'm not. Uh, I'm not an uncanny likeness to him, hardly. Right. But I don't know. Probably someone like him. I can't. I don't know. Fuck it. Um, Richard Madden, the guy from Game of Thrones, who was in. You know, the guy in the Bodyguard. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he can play me. Okay. Yeah, he can play me. Alright, and what would be the happy ending for you? Happy ending. And that can come at any point. That could be... Um, yeah. I think the ending of that film would be the moment I'm about to go on stage. Okay. For some big show, and then I go up, and then the lights go down the end. Oh, okay. And you don't see what like happens, Queen, but the I Queen go... movie. Yeah, but That's not... Like, but that ends. like that, but Just not... Just without dying of AIDS. Like that, but not terrible without yeah. the whole AIDS death thing. Yeah. 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 Um, that's a shame because you'd get to kiss Diana if that oh was amazing there. I would have got to kiss Diana but never mind moment's gone now but <laughs> yeah that's how I'd end it I'd end it like see everything that he's done has worked and then right at the end goes up to do it and then that's you don't sort of see it but. so with that so the implication there so stage work is the dream or film work or what I seem like stage work like what you just said yeah um, and you I think there's more of a theatricality with everything that you do because I've seen you act, albeit in drunk drama. Yeah. So I've seen you act, and I've seen your sort of, um, uh, what do you call it, the showreel. That sort yeah. of thing. On your, yeah, it seems yeah. A, it's all quite theatrical, I suppose. Yeah, I've, I, I like, but I sort of started more of doing films and short films back home. There was more of that that I did, um, which is a bit more subtle and it's a bit more nuanced. Um, but I, I like stage work because of that there's a uniqueness to it okay. and it's a bit more challenge in the sense of like the audience are looking back at you with yeah. film you've got a camera there and that's it but like then you've got this audience and you're sort of watching them respond to certain things you do and you change your performance every night right you know, like no two performances are exactly the same okay like there have been times I've performed stuff and I've done something that's funny in one performance then the next night no one laughs Okay. Like I had that at college. There was one time where my, my trousers literally split on stage doing this thing. Unbelievable. Hilarious. They did it another night. Barely anyone laughed. Okay. Like it totally depends on your audience. And that's interesting. I think yeah. that's why I, I think I'm interested in doing more stage stuff because of that audience interaction. Yeah. Like that direct that direct one to one thing. And but, the unpredictability, I suppose. Mm. Sort of, but I, I like film because you're more. I think it's broader what you can do in the sense of like I can convincingly be like a soldier or whatever I can do mm-hmm. this and that and the camera brings a whole new level of stuff you can do with it so I like both and I'm I sort of in, as I emerged from a camera background I did enjoy I wasn't quite so into performing on stage because I sort of shrugged it off as oh, it's just musicals and I can't sing so right. I can't do musicals and I mm. don't really like them and I don't I'm no, not a yeah. big not a big musical fan, um, but like on film and on camera, I could do I could do more interesting things beyond just having a sing song. Okay. Whereas now I've realised that you can do a lot on stage as well. So, but at the moment I'm more driven by doing stage stuff. But I like both. I'm quite broad overall with that. Mm. Do you like the idea of a one man show? Yeah, because I, I remember you talking about yeah, what's been, that actor's name that uh, David it's... William Bryan. Yeah. He's someone who's been a big influence, but. Um, yeah, I've I've been I'm actually going to a class that he's doing mm. that's like how to basically make a one man show. It's like a mm. workshop. Yeah. So I'm gonna go do that in in London in a few months or so. Um, 
because it, it, I'm interested in that and I don't like being reliant on actors who maybe aren't quite on the same level. And that yeah. sounds smug, but sometimes you'll be with a bit of a weak link or someone who constantly misses their cue mm. or just, just isn't right for it. And yeah. you're sitting there like, they're going to fuck up. And then they fuck up and you go, well, I knew that was going to happen. And well, then you've got to try and save it yourself. But if you're on stage just on your own, it's kind of daunting. But at the same time, if it goes well, it's all on you. If it goes wrong, it's also all on mm-hmm. you. Yeah. The responsibility is with yourself. And if someone else fucks up your show, maybe you can't go, you fucking idiot, you ruined it. Yeah. You can't actually go up and say that to them. But if, <laughs> if it's just you who makes that mistake, you can deal with it on your own terms. You can get over it. Or if it's gone really well, you can go, brilliant. But now I want to do this next time. I can improve it. It's a bit more sort of objective to yourself. Okay. And I like having that ability mm. to sort of be, being honest with yourself is really important and I think you can do that really well if you're just on your own on stage because you can just go you know what I fucked up on that bit that could be funnier next time won't do that like you mm. can change it and you can go with that okay you're um you're working on a few bits at the moment mm-hmm. and you you had something going on a few months back yes I did um, do you want to talk us through a few of those projects yeah sure thing I'm working on a few different little bits and pieces at the moment um, they're all fairly early in development. Okay. So, there is a sort of short film that I might do as a play. It can kind of work as either, which is about two brothers. Um, the idea being is that these two brothers they don't really get on very well. One of them's gone off and done his own thing. The other one stayed back in back at his hometown, and then their dad dies, and then the two of them have to get together to deal with the funeral and the preparations. It's like a dark comedy. Okay. It's quite serious, Good but concept. It, it's it's quite serious, but it's got these darker moments in it. Right. Where there's like it sort of talks about, you know, dealing with the death of a loved one and dealing with sort of alienated family members and sort of trying to close that sort of link and dealing with your past and sort of coming together to sort of come forward. Uh, me and my dad are looking to do that. Okay. So we're either going to do that as a play or as a film because it would it would work either way. Um, we might even do it as both. We might try and do it on stage and then if it works, we'll just adapt it and then yeah, do yeah. it on film because it's like it's fairly small. We could do it on like a shoestring budget. Right. The dad's just an urn. Yeah, um, yeah. We're going to do it with an urn with some googly eyes. Amazing. Like later on, they stick some eyes on it because he's like, I can't deal with it not being like any way human. So he sticks some little googly eyes and sort of. Yeah, mm. plays around with yeah. it. It's, it's quite silly, but um, that should be quite fun. That's one of the things I'm working on at the moment. Um, there's a little mini thing I'm working on actually that I'm hoping to maybe do up here mm. with a few people, and it's called the heist, and it's like a little free scene comedy skit. It's about um four guys who try and rob a bank, okay, and it goes horribly, and it, it's a bit like Reservoir Dogs, but it's like imagine if they're all like fucking Northerners, love that, yeah. and it's re- it's really stupid. Um, okay. I've been writing that over the last couple of days, and I've, I've nearly finished it because it's only short. Yeah, there's a so, snippet on your. Um, yeah, I put a little there, yeah. um, that was good. sort of voice clip of me sort of improving this particular argument, mm. and then that's been the northern the, accent is yeah massively. I, I was yeah. trying to do that, so that's the the makeup for that. So mm. that's gonna be quite cool. Um, the other thing I'm working on is called the Spy in the Tower, yeah. which is a sort of two man show that again me and Mike Dan are looking to do, which is about a German spy who was executed in the Tower of London in the First World War. And it's sort of about his confrontation with the officer who oversees his execution. And it's sort of a criticism on the First World War and how it was just poorly managed and there was it was needless and violent and horrible. And it's sort of a critique on that, but it's also exploring the sort of imaginary divide between people. Right. Where there really isn't one. Like... The German guy's got the same issues as the English guy, and they sort of gradually realise they're not so different. And okay. It's kind of about that. That's one of the big projects I'm working on, because I'm working on those two scripts, and then it's going to basically be a, a decision between me and Dan and maybe a few other people and go, okay, which one of these is the best? And then we'll go from there, and then we'll choose one of them to prioritise. That's our plan. And as acting-wise... Um, I'm casting a short film, which I need to get in touch with the director about, because right. it should be going on, because he's working on something else at the moment, but once that's done, because that's for his degree, and then after that, 
I should be doing that. Well, I've spoken about this one before. It's called Now, and it's about this young actor who's just graduated from drama school who's going to be playing uh, Richard III, and he was the understudy, and now he's got to play him properly, and it's about him getting into character. Yeah. So I've been learning my lines for that recently, and it's a really good script, and I'm really excited mm. for that one. So, a lot of projects. Which yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot of them are sort of manageable in the sense of I can just sort of do them a bit mm. at a time, and then I can sort of really go to town on a few of them. Are you um, going to put your full focus in them all on, in the summer after uni? Yeah, that's my plan, is I'm going to sort of start working towards them sort of this coming year. So, like, the rest of this year and then next year and maybe even the year after, my plan being is that I'm just going to sort of pick and choose what works, what doesn't. Maybe if an idea doesn't work now, maybe I can revisit it in a mm-hmm. couple of years and then it'll click. Yeah, it can and always be, like, you can You get that, you'll come notes, up with a story yeah. that you just can't tell yet. And you'll mm-hmm. go... No, I'm not doing this right. right. And then you can come back to it. I've done that. You before. might just you know, you might need just a fresh mind. Yeah, to go exactly. Back Going back to something with a fresh mind is so important. Um, but that's sort of the stuff I'm working on at the moment. Um, all kind of varied, but it's exciting. Like I, exciting. I like I like having little projects on, and just sort of going from there. And it's important, I think, as well, to be able to make your own work. Because it's not yeah. always an industry where it's easy to get a job, but. If you're making your own stuff and then working towards it yourself, it can be kind of rewarding that way. Seeing mm. something you've made go all the way through. Okay. Mm. Do you think you've ever had a project that's just completely just fallen through and you haven't? You're just yeah, like, oh, yeah. I've just got. To, I've just got to bin this. Yeah, no, I've had that. Yeah. I had it recently, actually. I was working on something up here, and um, a whole slew of things went wrong with it, and it was a shame because, like, I spent better part of six months writing this script and it was and it was there is something quite um disarming i think about having the thing that you're the like the most proud of just be sapped of any joy and Mm. just have it turn into this like vice around your neck it's and that's sort of what happened with it and the last thing you want isn't it yeah it was something that i was really quite passionate about and then that gradually just got siphoned away right by a lot of different things and I don't want to name names and point fingers no. but it it fell through and it, it was one of it was a hard decision to make to finally go you know fuck this and pull it but I realised that for my own sense of self respect as much as anything else that I couldn't keep sort of watching saying I had so much pride in be torn apart so I knew that I had to sort of gut it and pull it. Okay. And that wasn't easy. And it's a project that the script is good. And I know that I could potentially revisit that as some other thing down the line. But I know now, in this environment, it wouldn't work. Which is why I'm focusing on smaller things with... You know, every, every project I mentioned there has a cast of maybe... You know, four people, two people, whatever. How many people was your life? There was... It had a cast of about... Maybe ten. Okay. And uh, that was your that, first. Yeah. Is that yeah. hard to manage? It was. Especially as your first. It was, it was difficult because at uni everyone's got different timetables. Exactly. So actually getting everyone available and then you get some people who just don't turn up yeah. as well. But no, that was a project that I had to gut and I was a bit upset about it and to pull it out. But I was like, you know, it is what it is now I can focus on smaller projects and I've learnt from it. That's the thing. I wouldn't actually change it and I wouldn't want to go, oh, in another time it might have worked. Mm. Like, if it didn't work, it didn't work. Do you think and you'd ever bring it back? Is there a chance? If I was given a budget and people yeah. who actually want to fucking do it, yeah, then exactly, yeah, yeah. I, would, I would definitely bring it back. Um, it's not a uni, maybe. Got no. <laughs> not, not, not here. If I found a crowd of really motivated actors who really wanted to click in with it. And also, if I had the opportunity to maybe play one of the characters myself, mm. I would totally go for it. Um, but I wouldn't do it up here. No way. Fair enough. I'd do something smaller and self-contained up here, but I wouldn't do that. Do you think you're a bit out of your depth? Or do you think... Because of ten people, was very hard to manage. If, especially, yeah, especially like, the thing project. is, I've, I've sort of spun that like it wasn't anything to do with me. I made mistakes as well. Yeah. Um, there were errors that I made where... I, should have maybe not done certain things, or I should have been a bit harder on certain people. But um, that's all learning curve. And 100%, I, yeah. I know that now, but at the time I, I sort of assumed that people would just 
you know, learn their lines and listen. But evidently that can be difficult to grasp for some actors. Mm. I don't know, maybe it is, or maybe I just have the decency to respect my directors. I don't know. Plenty of shots fired in that. <laughs> that made you want to reload for a second. There's a whole barrel there. No, but like I'll just say out here now, that like made... there were some problems with it, and make them a little bit bitter. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna like, edit this so you yeah. look like a complete. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> could you could it edit it the other way where it makes me seem a little bit just depressed? Um, <laughs> but no, like I will acknowledge the fact that I made mistakes, and other people made mistakes as well. But it's not it's not any one person's blame. No, yeah. To be sort of held on any one person's shoulders. It's a death by a thousand cuts that killed it. And right. That, that is what it is, but I've learned from it. Brilliant way to put it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way, honestly. Okay. I'm, I'm glad that it fell through because it taught me a lot. I think it would be amiss to talk about your projects without mentioning the one that we're, we're talking about your projects on, I suppose. Yeah. We, we were talking on the men's room. Yeah, the men's room was saying that we both worked on. So right. what what drew you to the... When I mentioned it first, what drew you to that idea? Was podcasting anything that you thought of before? What, yeah, why I, are I, you I, here? Why am I here? That's a big question. Um, no, with, with the podcast, I think the thing that interested me was I've always been an opinionated fucker. Right. Like, just being honest, I, I've got a lot of opinions and I'm a bit, I can be a little bit snooty about my opinions. Um, and obviously, as I got to know you, we were kind of similarly minded on certain things. We've got a similar drive. Um, and I was quite interested to see what that would be like. And I'd always talked about doing podcasts with people I knew, and it never really amounted to anything. And I was like, that'd be quite cool. I'd be interested in doing that. Um, so this offered a bit of an opportunity to do that and also just to use it as well as a platform because I'm all about creating my own work. Mm. And with this, there is that opportunity of, say, if I am working on a product, I can advertise it through this or you can I can use my products to advertise the men's room or vice versa. It's a good way of getting to know the, the sort of voice behind the face, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, it, it was always something that I was quite interested in because... I feel like we have some interesting conversations and it'd be kind of cool to put them out there and just have more interesting talks with people. Getting to know people with a little mic in the corner. It's interesting. You study film, mm. your second year film. Yeah. What What's the rationale behind studying film and not studying drama? Because they do drama theatre performance here mm. at Roehampton. What's the, the, what was the thinking why why film and why not drama? Yeah. I the reason I decided not to study drama was mostly down to the fact that it can drain the joy out of it. Okay. I find like there is a sort of certain magic to performing. Um and a lot of studying of drama and stuff, it's all written work and it's all we're gonna bury our heads in a book for like a month. Yeah. And we're just going to go on about, I don't know, certain acting methods that you're never, ever going to use. And, you know, every every actor has their instincts and then they build from that and read into other stuff that maybe they want to do. Okay. Um, but I remember studying drama at A-level. So little of it was actually about the performance. Mm. And it was like, well, hang on, what? Like, and that's why I was more motivated just to go fucking what like I mm. would rather just perform and with film like film is a more technical subject despite the fact that I'm not doing any of the technical stuff because oh, never mind. But, um, <laughs> I'm not even going to go there no. but um, I chose the degree almost as an arbitrary afterthought it was today I'll do film I'm mm. good at film on paper and I like films I do like films Yeah. I don't watch films as much as I used to the joy has been sapped a little bit from it okay um Whereas with acting, it's something I sort of do in my own time with my own sort of group of people. That's the thing, though, isn't it? A lot of, especially in people like we want to do things in your field, it's all about what you want to do. Yeah. And if you're going, oh, I've got a lecture at nine a. I've got to read a book for two hours. Yeah. Definitely, the joy will be sat that. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was the thing, and it's what made me steer well clear of it. Mm. It's less of a hobby, and it's more of the actual. It, it, it drains thing. the in, enjoyment out of it, and yeah. it becomes very robotic and a bit technical. Yeah. and that's why. I steered well clear of actually studying drama in that sense, especially at like 
at like a uni degree level, the only way you're really going to get that study is if you go to an acting class or you go to like drama school. Okay. And yeah. one of them is very, very expensive. And also getting into a drama school is fucking difficult. Do you think that's unfair? Yeah. Fair. Oh yeah, massively. If you want to be... There, there is such a lot of silver spooning with um, acting school mm-hmm. where it's... Especially if it's one of the ones in like London... Where some of them, they literally go, okay, you've graduated. Here's an agent, and they will give. You, they basically like give you an agent, and then you can. Christ. And there are certain theaters I've heard where they basically just cast you depending on what drama school you went to. There's shit yeah. like that. It's very, very silver spoon yeah. and elitist almost. You could almost yeah. say incredibly That's, elitist, yeah. and it's it's difficult to get into. And but the the weird thing is as well is a lot of people who do go to drama school they don't necessarily get where they want to go. Mm. So a lot of people go to drama school and you end up sort of bumbling around aimlessly mm. for a couple of years afterwards. It depends what school you go to and where you go and if you're lucky. Um, but it is a field that is so governed by having agents and having a lot of money as well. If you're a poor actor, you're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. It's a agents thing. that know people that know people. Yes, know people, yeah. and that's the thing that freaks me out with agents is this idea of having someone who has complete leverage over your career. <laughs> that freaks me out. Like, I'd rather have my own leverage rather than have someone go... Nope, you can't do that, or give me 20% or whatever. Yeah, right. Like, this ain't quite. Um, like, I've got no problem with agents. Like, They're I, everywhere. Yeah, right? like, yeah. I, don't, I don't. Like, if, I, if someone to suddenly phone me and go, oh, I want to be your agent, mm. I'd be like, cool. But I would rather have my own leverage over my career rather than the dependency on some agent okay. who is my, my lifeblood and makes me do everything. Okay. Uh, you're very open about your successes and what you're up to with projects and such. And it is a confidence that I do admire in you, but other people are perhaps quite quick to judge it as arrogance, which is something we've spoken about before. Mm. Does it ever bother you about how, I suppose, how people perceive you or how that comes across to some people? That's a good question. Um, I think there is... A lot of things that go into that. Because I, I wouldn't regard myself as arrogant. Mm. I would say I'm confident and I know what I'm good at. Right. And a lot of people, I think, there's nothing wrong with being humble, but it is sometimes important to admit that you've got a strength. It, it's like the equivalent of, you know when you're on Facebook when you're like 14, and a girl's like, I'm so ugly, and they're like the hottest person in the year. And you're right. like, okay. oh, that's clearly done for attention. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of people who are overly humble. Um, and sometimes a bit of a humble brag type thing, and I, I'm not really into that. I've never been like that. I know what I'm good at, and I'm not ashamed to go. I'm good at this. Yeah. I'm good at that. Because it's not like you're going. Oh, I know everything about football. Yeah. Even though, like, you know, you don't. Yeah. But exactly. You, you yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't like. Because there myself. are people like that. Yeah. That think they know. Deluded. Yeah. I don't like to myself deluded. because there are things where I can go. Yeah, I'm good at doing this particular thing or that particular thing, but I could be better, mm. and also go. Like, I know I'm not a good singer. I'm not good at singing. That's why I don't go for any musicals. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. I know that that wouldn't suit me. If I were to go into some fucking musical audition being like, oh yeah, I've got the best singing range in the world. That would be arrogant. Then you can call me yeah. an arrogant okay. fucker because I'm not. I'd be lying to myself. Right. It's always been about being reflective and honest with who I am and what I'm good at. And people who actually know me, they see through the sort of veneer of me being cocky and they sort of go actually no it's just he knows what he's good at like I like to think that it, it becomes more apparent that I just know my boundaries and I know what I'm capable of and I know what I want to do to get better I'm constantly working towards getting better at what I do whereas a lot of people I'm not again I'm not I don't take this as me pointing at someone going this guy he always does it or whatever like there's a lot of people who sort of have this misconception that they are at their peak and other people are wrong about them. Right. And you've got to take on board criticism. And I will... I encourage people to go, that was good, but maybe you could have done that differently Mm. or could have done that better. And even if I don't necessarily agree with them, or I go, actually, I did it... Like, say, a choice on stage. I decide to move to a certain spot when I get killed or whatever. Something silly like that. And they go, oh, you could have done that differently. And I'll go, okay, I did it for a specific reason. But you've got a point that's interesting. Right. I take on yeah. board criticism. If you'd have told him to fuck off, that'd be arrogant. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but I will always take on board criticism. As long as it's not like, oh, you're, you're just a dick. Mm. Then I'll be like, no, that's just yeah. me. But I will always, I'm, 
all ears for stuff like that. And I like to sort of make it clear that I know what I'm doing. Mm. And if someone goes, oh, you're, you're arrogant, then it's like, well, you're not, you're not paying attention. Yeah, arrogance, and I don't really like the word cockiness or cocky, because yeah. it has a lot of negative connotations about it. it. Yeah, <laughs> just the word <laughs> no. cock. Yeah. Um, do you like cocky? It's <laughs> got a lot of negative connotations, isn't it? In yeah. terms of, but you, if you're good at something, you're allowed to say that you're yeah. good at it. Yeah. Like you're allowed to be have that hint of cockiness, but but people have like have it such a negative view of that word. Yeah. You're you're seen as just a cocky what? cocky prick. Yeah. That it, just, it, yeah. It's if just you're an arrogant. If you're good at anything, you you it's that it's a very British thing to be self deprecating, mm-hmm. but there's a line of. If you're good at something, you should be able to appreciate mm. that. And if you're seen to appreciate all the things, you're, you're seen as... Yeah. If you don't self-deprecate, yeah. you're arrogant. Someone will just come in us and go, oh, yeah, um, oh, thank you so much, and not and and play down the fact they've just won something. And you're like, no, own it. Yeah. Own the fact you're very good at what you do. Yeah. And, and it, you know, there's obviously a limit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To what there you is. Can, but then it's a, it's a fine line. It really yeah. is. I understand it to an, an extent. I, I don't... Finger myself as very arrogant, arrogant, or even particularly self-involved. Right. And even though this whole thing has been me talking about myself. Right. Like <laughs> yeah, it's a theme. People. Yeah. Adam suggested this, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, not true. Um, but people who know me know that I will go above and beyond for for my friends. Right. And I will do my utmost to be there and to listen to people who are who I'm sort of trying to look out for. And I'm always there to help people. People who know me know that I'm like that. Like, I'm not just Mr. Oh, do my own thing. Like, I've known... Like, I will... If someone's a bit down and they're a friend of mine, I will go out of my way to be there for them, to check in on them, to do whatever. And if, if I'm getting an indication that maybe something's wrong, I'll be there for them. Mm-hmm. That's just how I am. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm... Oh, they're, they're going for it, but I don't care because I'm interested in me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm... I think if you've got a good positive circle around you, then you're in a good positive environment. Like it's important and you, you get from helping others. So I'm always out going out of my way to help people. And if someone has got an issue, I'll talk to them about it. Mm. And I've always said to people, I'm all ears. Like if I don't know, say if something happened with Greg or Zach, well, mm. either one of you was like, Oh, I'm a bit mopey about whatever. Mm. I'll go, well, fucking talk to me about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. We'll try and work to a solution rather Be- than go pull you. Being, I'll try being and a good listener at this age, like there's so many people that just want to talk about themselves. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll go, yeah, but and then they go, no, no, but this is what I did. Yeah, this no, yeah. It. And then and yeah. I'm just like, do you, uh, I, I, I feel uh, like I listen a lot in terms of like people I talk no, to, no, you're, you're but right. some people are just like, I'll, I'll literally be in the middle of a sentence they'll be like, yeah, but I, I did this and I did that. I'll be like, fucking hell. Was like, that's not the point but then, but then because I listen I'll be like alright tell me yeah, yeah. and then I'll be like yeah and I, I, I like to be engaged and a lot of people just aren't engaged when you're talking about no, no, when, you're so there, when you want them so to listen true. to you do you know what I mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I think I've, I've seen it before where people you will be going through some trouble and then people just talk about their own problems like oh well my problems are bigger than yours you know like mm, yeah. it's not a competition mate. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's thing, not yeah. competition and it's different and sometimes you can go but my problem is actually bigger than your problem mm. like mm. sometimes you yeah. can just be honest if you say yeah. oh, actually to be fair mm. I like this or mm. like it, again it's not a competition but like sometimes you need to actually have people around you who are going to listen and go oh maybe do this try that do whatever yeah this might help and actually offer constructive helpful things to go forward rather than go oh aren't you a mm. poor little sausage you yeah. need help like yeah and it's like, well, actually help them rather than just pat them on the head and go, everything, everything's fine. Because that doesn't help. Actually, actually fucking do something. I think that's, that should be my motto. Uh, so, actually so do anno- something. So, so annoying when they, when they actually do think they are doing something and they're like, I've done so much for you. Like, like no, you fucking oh, haven't. You haven't. Like, yeah, I've seen that a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Last question, Adam. How would you like to be remembered? How would I like to be remembered? I would just like to be remembered as someone who made their own art and didn't let anything get in the way because that's what I try and do I try and I've got I you called me a storyteller earlier on and that's what I sort of think of myself as mm. I like telling stories be it if I'm acting or if I'm writing something that can be acted or just read or whatever I like telling stories and I despite how it may seem a few times in this podcast I actually like people I find people really. I find people well. 
do I like people or do I just find them interesting is the mm. question actually I find humanity overall very interesting it's why I like history it's why I like a lot of stuff it's about people people are fascinating and I like exploring not to sound like I'm doing a cavity search but I like exploring people Yeah, I find people interesting and I want to be remembered as someone who really made maybe you read something that I've written and you've gone oh, fuck that's true that's really interesting I, I, I like to be remembered as an interesting storyteller who was just honest and told some interesting stories and that you are amazing mate I like to think so like that. that's, what I, that's what I want yeah. that's what I want to go down that's because I'm terrified of death so I want to have a legacy that outlives me fair fair enough that's a good answer alright well, that more or less wraps it up there yeah, okay. cool alright thank you very much for Adam for stepping into the hot seat yeah that's good did you, did you enjoy it really interesting yeah. really like that next week we turn the spotlight on to Zach and he is wriggling in his seat in discomfort yeah, I can't wait oh little Zach yeah, I'm looking forward to it it's going to be good it's going to be interesting yeah. a lot less interesting than both of you want no don't be silly more interesting Hopefully, yeah. yeah. It's what the people, what the people, give the people what they want is what most, they all most say. Most viewers in that episode, one hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's going to be what that makes us. Anyway, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the viral one. Thank you. <laughs> Zach has breakdown in the middle of podcast after we're talking about his life. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening this week. Have a really good week, and we'll catch you next one. See you. Bye. Later. See you.